Hello, hello, hello. After a wild, super crazy wildcard weekend, it's time for super wildcard called recap on the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly duties, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all the content, you can see all the videos, you can you can comment, tell Alex's dolphins are great and my jags are bad or vice versa. Also check out the Big Deep Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So joining us for his weekly appearance. Well, he's the leader of the Miami Dolphins fan club, leader of the Jalen Ward Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I don't know what we say, second in line to be the new Miami Dolphins head coach. (laughs) Thank you for the lovely introduction as always, Dylan. Pleasure to be here as always again. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to... uh, Talk about these wild card weekend games and uh, kick off your Tuesday with a nice little podcast from us. So uh, glad to be here and ready to get started. Well, there have been few playoff rivalries crazier, better than the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. And this past Sunday's game may have produced one of the craziest playoff endings that game has seen. I mean, they've been Catchers, Roger Stolberg coming off the bench and leading great comebacks. Mm-hmm. Alvin Holper, back-to-back big reception, NFC title games, interceptions. And I don't think I don't think there's been a crazier. I, I don't know. I don't know what to call that game. I don't know what you call that game between the Niners and the Cowboys. Just, uh, I mean, maybe a series of unfortunate events, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, might be a good way to sum it up. Um, a sigh of relief, if you're a uh, 49ers fan. Um, you know, it's, uh, like you said, these teams have history. There's There's been a, an age-old rivalry between the two, it seems like, when it comes to playoff time. Um, you know, the 49ers haven't quite been the same team in, uh, in recent history. I mean, I know that... They made it to a Super Bowl in the last, what, that was, what, 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Oh, well, two years ago. Oh, you're right. That, I completely forgot about that. I mean, they I think they forgot that they were in that Super Bowl as well. But um, I'm thinking, no, I, I'm i completely mixed up. I was thinking of the, uh, the Colin Kaepernick uh, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl. But, yes, you're right. They were in a Super Bowl much recently than that, uh, taking the L to the Kansas City Chiefs. Either way. You know, um, the Dallas Cowboys have had a historical amount of failures, it seems like, in recent history in the playoffs. I mean, you know, Tony Romo fumbling the hold on the game-winning field goal and whatnot. But, uh, you know, this game also led to a little bit of heartbreak for the Cowboys fans when it came to their starting quarterback. And, um, you know, a questionable call running up the middle with 14 seconds left or – uh, 14 seconds to run off the clock and uh, can't get the spike down. I mean, what are you thinking when you see Dak Prescott running up the middle of the field with that little time left and no timeouts? I was thinking, I, I don't know where Kellen Moore and the Cowboys went went before the game, but uh, <laughs> usually I've always been told that if you wanted to complete a ball and play, 15 seconds was the was the maximum was the least amount of time you needed to complete a ball 
get to the line and spike him. But that was really more six, eight yard, maybe 10 yard pass. Dak ran 14, 15 yards before sliding, which made it very difficult, if not impossible, to not just line up, but spike the ball. Right. Everybody's got to get set up in college. The line in college, and I know people are going to say, well, if this would have been college football, the Cowboys would have been fine because the, if everybody would have been, the change would have been reset and then the yeah. Cowboys could have spiked the ball. But in the NFL, clock keeps running and the ball is in play. So realistically, I, 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 didn't like the, I didn't like the play call. I think the Cowboys should have, if you're not throwing to the end zone, throw out of bounds, get in a cheap six, eight, ten yards. Because if you can complete throw a ball from the 30, it's not a Hail Mary anymore. It's more of a typical for full vertical play if you've ever played Madden or ever coached. You just right. set everybody on full verticals yeah. up the field. But, but you know, that was a very that seemed like an odd play to run a quarterback draw because everything's gotta go well. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, it didn't go well. Yeah, I just don't understand it. And, like, Cowboys fans are really upset about the refs. And, obviously, you know, they they got called for a lot of penalties. And, like, I can understand the frustration. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, wait a minute. I, I, I think I committed a false start penalty. Give me my uh, whistle. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. You're fine. Um. You know, all the, all the, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans are really upset about the refs. And I mean, you know, you, uh, I, I see where you go. Okay. I, that's connect. I thought you were, you had something else to add, but I got it. Um, you know, Cowboys fans were really upset about the refs and, you know, they had the 14 penalties and like, obviously, you know, it's an easy target to uh, get upset at the referees, but especially, I mean, whether they thought that, that the umpire could have gotten the ball to the, to the spot quicker or could have gotten out of the way quicker. I, I mean, still, you got to think you're still at the 24 yard line and it, at most you're having one second on that clock. It's not like you were down two points and you needed to spike it to kick a, kick a chip shot field goal to, to win the game. I mean, you still need to get a touchdown. I mean, if I'm a Cowboys fans, I'm mad at your, at your coaching staff for calling a quarterback draw um, with that little time on the clock, knowing you have no timeouts. And I mean, it sure looked like a designed run, but if it wasn't and Dak just decided to take off and you got to give him some blame too. But I mean, it sure looked like a design run to me, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Cowboys just blew it. I mean, you, you've got the opportunity down six with playoffs, your season on the line. And I mean, you, you, you start the drive. Okay. Nine yard pass with a lateral for 11 yards. I mean, another 10 yards on the next play, another nine yards on the next play, you're moving the ball down the field. And then you've got 14 seconds left on the clock and, and you just run right up the middle. I just, it's it, very confusing. I mean, like you said, just, I mean, maybe a 10 yard pass to the sideline, maybe seven yards and out to the sideline, hit them. You've got a couple seconds to at least have time to, to either get, get some players downfield or, I mean, I don't. I doubt they would have had enough time to run two plays um, unless they had a really quick play to the sideline, but to get a little closer to the end zone. But at the end of the day, you're still at the 24 yard line. You need a touchdown to win the game. I mean, I just don't understand that the thinking of getting a, uh, of running the ball up the middle of the field like that. It just 
I mean, I the Cowboys fans can blame the rest all you want. I mean, you know, you saw them throwing stuff on the field at the end of the game and, and Dak at first thought it was at the players. And then once he found out that it was against the refs, he was like, good for them and whatever. But I mean, come on, I, it's hard to blame the refs when, when you have just a, a complete under utter choke fest there at the end of the game. By the way, uh, in down in the Dallas Fort Worth Arlington area, 14 is a very unlucky number because that's <laughs> how many seconds the cow were left when the Cowboys ran their quarterback sneak. <laughs> I'm gonna say 14. Mm-hmm. And guess how many penalties the Cowboys uh racked up on Sunday? I'm also gonna say 14. Uh, you would be correct. Today, today's broadcast is brought to you by the number fourteen, which is now vilified in Arlington, Texas. Yeah. So, um, be honest. Looking back in this game, I didn't think either quarterback played well. I mean, Dak played the worst, one of the worst games I've seen him play all year. I mean, yeah. did not look comfortable. The Cowboy offensive line could not block Wolf of Huey. I mean, Dak barely completing 50, 50% of his passes from just over 250, touchdown and a pick. Yeah. And unlike some of these other games where they were being played in, what, 25, 30? Okay, Buffalo was below zero windshield, but no weather concerns in Arlington. You're at home, and Dak didn't look great. No. I mean, Dak didn't look great. Like you said, I mean, he got sacked five times as well. You're talking about the offensive line. He couldn't get any sort of run game going. I mean, Dak was four for 27, including that 17-yard play at the end of the game, but he was only four yards behind Zeke with 31-yard rushing. I mean, you're playing against a team like the San Francisco 49ers who have so many weapons on offense. They can run the ball with Debo Samuel. First of all, shout out to Debo Samuel because that man – that man is a utility weapon on offense. You can do anything you want with him. But I mean, you I mean, I'm just obviously, you know, when you think of Dallas, you've got two really solid receivers, a really solid tight end, but you also have Ezekiel Elliott. And how I mean, 12 carries for 31 yards in a playoff game. I mean, even Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard's been showing showing a lot of life at, uh, near the end of the regular season and going into the playoffs. I mean, he had four carries for 14 yards. I mean, they just could not get a run game going. And I mean, if you tell me that you've got a team with with Amari Cooper and, and C.D. Lamb as your top two receivers, you know who the leading the Dallas Cowboys leading receiver was on on Sunday? Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. I mean, yes. Yeah, by the way, by the way, by the way, how many passes did C.D. Lamb caught on Sunday? One catch for 21 yards. I mean, it just seems like the Cowboys were doing everything they could to lose that game. I mean, you've got a hard runner in Ezekiel. You don't use him. You've got a great cat pass catcher in CeeDee Lamb. One catch on, I mean, he had five targets. So, I mean, at least they were trying to get him the ball a little bit. But the fact that he only was able to bring down one of those. I mean, Amari Cooper, six for 64 and a touchdown. That's an okay game. But you need more than, you need you need more from all of your star players. I mean, it just seems like all of Dallas's star players just did not show up yesterday or Sunday. And it, and it cost them the season. Yeah. And you can almost thank Jimmy Garoppolo for that because he Garoppolo threw a terrible interception. And then the last play of the game wasn't really 
William, wasn't William, wasn't William's fault there. It was more Jimmy G forgetting that uh, you've got to be set before snapping the before receiving said ball. Right. And I mean, you look at the 49ers on the other side of the field, Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown. And even Debo Samuel, 10, 10 carries, 72 yards. I mean, he had the 20 and a touchdown. He had the 26 yard, which helps his case. But either way, I mean, it, it, you if you can run the ball effectively, you can keep possession of the ball and you can score some points. And Dallas cannot run the ball. They did not get the ball into their playmakers' hands. And um, they had questionable play calling, plus the penalties. I mean, it was just a recipe for disaster for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it seemed like everything you don't want to happen in a playoff game happened for Dallas. And, you know, it's a uh, season over for the Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers move on. Yeah, and you know who else won there? You know what franchise went into Saturday not winning a playoff game and even one of all lifetimes? The uh, Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that is now history because the Bengals finally won their first playoff game since January of 1991, beating the Las Vegas Raiders 26-19. What? I must say, I must confess, I didn't think Jamal Chase would be this good in the NFL. I knew he was great at LSU. But Joe Burrow and Jamal Chase right now unstoppable. You've got a second-year quarterback and a rookie wide receiver. And how about this? Playoff debuts. And Jamal Chase caught nine for 116. Yeah. That's That's insane. That's insane! On 12 targets, too. I mean, it's... Cincinnati Bengals fans have to be incredibly happy right now because... It's that 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 tandem right there. Those two guys. I mean, they might they should be playing together in Cincinnati for a very long time, and they and they might break some records because it's like you said. I mean, Burrow's second year, Jamar Chase's first year. They're putting up ridiculous numbers like this. I mean, it can only get better, right? Uh, yeah. By the way, you know LSU, the LSU Tigers are known as the Bayou Bengals. So now, what are we going to call these Bengals? I don't know, man. We got to think of a cl- something clever for them because it's, <laughs> they're going to be putting on a show for a very long time. Yeah. And by the way, I know the game didn't end the way the Raiders wanted, but this season's seen all kinds of controversy, craziness, the Sunday night conclusion a week, a week plus ago. I don't think Las Vegas has got anything to be ashamed of. I mean, simply you just went on the road and face a probably better quarterback and a better team yeah you know it's um that's a good way to put it i mean the raiders have had a very strange season obviously i mean you don't think a team that fires their head coach mid-season is going to be making a playoff run and they at least check that box so i mean obviously um you know, the Raiders, it's, it's, you've got something to look forward to for next season. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with the head coach position. Um, but uh, they've got, I mean, they finished the season 10 and seven, same as the Bengals, you know, obviously they would have liked to win that playoff game. I think that game was a little closer than the scoreline suggested, but um, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, 
did I say, I didn't mean to say it. It wasn't as close as the scoreline suggested was what I meant to say. I think Cincinnati pretty much had a, had a, had a firm handle of that game the entire time. Um, but, um, you know, it's at, at least if you're a Raiders fan, you've got to be able to look at the season and say, Hey, I mean, we, we succeeded through adversity. You know, we, uh, I mean, they're in a tough division. I mean, to be in a division with the chargers and the, and the Kansas city chiefs and the Broncos, I mean, you've got a, you've got a lot of solid competition in that division and, the, and to be able to make up, make the playoffs. And, uh, obviously, you know, you want to win a playoff game, but it, it's got to at least give them a little bit of hope and a little bit of promise for the, for the upcoming future for them. But, um, you know, we, uh, congratulations for the Bengals on their, on their first playoff win in 31 years, but, uh, we're going to move on to a little bit less close of a game. Your Super Bowl pick for this year, the Josh Allen led Buffalo Bills, five touchdowns, seven straight touchdown drives, no field goals, no punts. I mean, they dismantled, they dismantled the New England Patriots. And uh, I'm not going to lie, your Super Bowl pick looked damn good this weekend. I must say, I don't think I've ever seen a better cold weather performance in my life. I mean, Josh Allen amazes me. I mean, yeah, he'll make mistakes, but if Josh Allen is playing well and on Saturday night, he, he wasn't playing well. He was playing out of his mind, 21 to 25. 98 and a half QBO. I mean, the Bills play. Let's see. Last two games against Bill Belichick, you know who was not needed for Buffalo? Who? Oh, Josh. Uh, the punter. He could have yeah. taken the night off, been up in the booth, and like, we don't need you. Set the yeah. whole extra points. Yeah, I mean, it's – Honestly, and here's the thing. I um, Yes, the Buffalo Bills played a, a perfect game. I mean, you, you can honestly say that's pretty much as perfect of a game as you can get. I mean, I guess, obviously, they gave up 17 points. So, I mean, you, you keep that to a shutout. It's really a perfect game. But, I mean, a, a perfect offensive game, you'll say, you can say. And, you know, I, I give I give the Buffalo Bills credit. I really do. You know, they they played a great football game. It, I mean, they completely dominated the Patriots. But is it finally fair to say that the Patriots in recent in recent news have been massively overrated? Mm. I mean, I think Mac Jones. You know, he he controlled a couple a couple games. He got them on a nice little win streak. And uh, I think he started getting a little overhyped. Uh, I think the media started talking about the Patriots. They're like, you know, Bill Belichick's got a quarterback. You know, they're hot. They, they, they're they going to make a playoff run. I never really saw it. You know, I, I, I kind of I gave them credit when they were on their little win streak. You know, I mean, it, uh, trust me, I know about win streaks. I know about the uh, amount of uh, discredit you can get on a win streak as a Miami Dolphins fan. But I just kind of, I didn't really see it. I mean, they've had a running back carousel throughout the entire season. They don't have a, a really any weapons in the receiving core. I mean, they they picked up a couple tight ends in free agency who had decent seasons, nothing too crazy. And I mean, it's just obvious. And they pretty much relied on their defense and, and Mac Jones being able to just dink and dunk down the field and control a game. But it seems like every time Mac Jones falls behind in a game, I mean, he doesn't have the ability to um, to bring them back and really take take that game over. And 
yeah, he's a rookie. I mean, obviously he's got uh, time to develop and he's got a, he's got a really good head coach to help him, to help him develop. But as far as this season, I, I, I'm disappointed the New England Patriots are even in the playoffs, to be honest with you. You're only saying that because how much you love the Patriots. Not. I mean, I just don't think they're that good of a football team. I mean, what what are the Patriots good at other than they've got a pretty solid defense? I mean, their run game is pretty average. Their passing game is pretty average. I mean, their defense is solid, but they just gave up 47 points in a playoff game, so they can't be that good. Maybe, maybe you've got to admit that Josh Allen is simply better than Mac Jones. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's obvious, but I, I, I mean I just I just think the Patriots were overhyped throughout the entire season, and it's nice to kind of see them get their due. I just I wish they lost one more game, and we could we could even if it wasn't the Dolphins, I would have rather seen the Chargers. I mean, wouldn't you have rather seen uh, uh, Buffalo, LA Chargers instead of uh, Buffalo, New England? I mean, it's just. The Patriots are a boring team. I don't think they're that good. And it's I would have rather seen countless other teams that missed the playoffs in New England. So and it's not even biased. It's just I just so wait a minute. So wait a minute. The LA Chargers lost to the Houston Texans. Yeah, but everyone lost to everyone this year, Dylan. I, I don't like that argument because I mean the Jaguars beat the Bills. What do you want to say? I mean, it's it's I'm just talking about exciting teams to watch, teams that because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, both of our teams aren't in the playoffs. Don't you want to see the best games possible? I mean, I don't I don't want to watch Mac Jones throw the ball for three yards every single play and, and lose 47 to 17. I'd rather see at least see Justin Herbert slinging the ball to Josh Allen and dumping it off to Austin Eckler and having them make some plays. It's just I mean, I guess it is a little bit of bias, but I just. I, I was never on the Patriots train, even as unbiased as I could be when they were winning those games. I just didn't see the hype that everyone gave them. And honestly, I'm kind of glad to see them get, uh, get what I think was coming from that for, to them for a long time. All right. Uh, how about patting Mahomes and Chiefs? Uh, I don't know if you <laughs> more or less dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Looking at looking early in this game, I saw the Steelers win. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, Pat Mahomes threw for 404 yards and five touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, that's that looks more like what the Chiefs did. But the funny thing about this game is Tyreek Hill was the fourth leading receiver for this game. Yeah. Kelsey led the way with 108. McKinnon caught. Six for eighty-one. Demarcus Robinson caught four for seventy-six. Yeah, that's scary. That is scary. I mean, you know, honestly, we talked about your Super Bowl pick, and uh, obviously Buffalo took care of business against the Patriots. I mean, can't I still? It's it's hard for me to see someone stopping this Kansas City defense or offense. I mean, I know Buffalo. You know, I cannot wait for this Buffalo Kansas City game because I just. I, I just it's two just ridiculously high powered offenses going to be going head to head. I mean, I don't think anyone I, I definitely didn't give Pittsburgh any sort of a chance in this game. You know, like I like you said, I was shocked when I saw them take the lead early into that game. But how about Jarek McKinnon? I mean, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs have been uh, kind of struggling throughout the year in their running running game just because Clyde Edwards Hilaire couldn't really seem to get healthy. You know, Daryl Williams, he's had he's done an, a decent job at stepping up when he's had to fill in for, uh, for Hilaire, but you know, Jarek McKinnon, he, um, 
injury prone guy. I mean, he spent so, so many years with the 49ers. It seems like he'd play a season or two. I mean, I remember drafting him one year in fantasy football and immediately hitting myself after I drafted him. And next, because I knew he was going to get hurt and he got hurt before the, the season even started. I think that might've been two years back, but I mean, he sure stepped up for that Kansas city chiefs offense yesterday. I mean, like you said, he was the second leadest leading receiver for six, six with six for 81 and a touchdown, but he also had 61 yards rushing. I mean, Kansas city chiefs, man, I, I, it's, I just, I keep saying it, but I cannot wait for this game against the Buffalo bills because you know, your Super Bowl pick versus my Super Bowl pick. I'm an offensive guy. I mean, these are two of the most exciting offenses to watch, definitely in the AFC, but even in the whole NFL, um, they're definitely up there. And um, it's going to be a fun one. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? I'm down with that. <laughs> so, here's an interesting, here's an interesting question. Think yeah. back to that. Back to this weekend. You look at Buffalo and Kansas City as the matchup, but to me, the more interesting game could be LA Tampa just up the road from us. Because yeah. to me, both of them play, you could say both of them more or less play the same game, beating the Eagles on Sunday and the Colors last night. I mean, Tampa more or less controlled the game with Brady, Brady, Mike Evans, and Little Gronk, but Tampa did enough. And last night, you could say the Rams did enough. I mean, Stafford only threw the ball, what, 17 times, but yet the corners didn't have a prayer because Cam Akers, Michelle, and the Odell Beckham was all over the field, and the, and the Ram defense all over the field. To me, that's the game. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because what team has given Tampa's offensive line more trouble than the Rams the past two years? Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, first of all, going back to to that Rams game, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, we talked about the Cowboys doing everything they could to lose that game. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals looked like they didn't want to win that game. I mean, it was just – it was, I mean, yes, the, the Rams played a great game and they, and they pretty much dominated all facets of that game, but it wasn't a really hard task for them. I mean, Kyler Murray just looked scared out there. I mean, it was his first playoff appearance and he looked like he was in a, playing a whole different sport. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals could not get anything going, going for them on offense. They could, I mean, and the, they didn't really need, or I mean, the Rams didn't really need to throw the ball, like you said. I mean, Cam Akers was running hard. Sony Michelle was running hard. I mean, it was just um, just a, a complete and utter disappointment from the Cardinals, honestly. Like, I want to give as much credit to the Rams as I can, but everything I took out of that game was just bad football from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, yes, you, you still got to put up the 34 points. I mean, but, I mean, that, that almost safety slash pick six that Kyler had was just that I mean, it was just bad all around for the Cardinals. And it, it, it's almost it's a little hard for me to take a lot from the Rams um, uh, as far as going into next week, just because I'm not sure if that was dominance from the from the uh, from the Rams or, or just poor football from the Cardinals. I mean, I think it was definitely a little bit of both. 
But uh, you d- they're definitely not going to get those problems from Tom Brady next week. So it's going to be – I think it's it's going to be more of a question for the Rams going forward next week going up against those Buccaneers. Um, can they can they really step up and 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 take take on Tom Brady and be able to dominate as much as they did against the Arizona Cardinals? Because you know that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is going to step up and they're going to be ready to play a little bit more so than uh, uh, Kyler Murray on his playoff debut. But uh, I got a quick question for you, Dylan. Um, heading into divisional weekend, I want to know one player that will make that will decide divisional weekend. Who's going to step up and really bring this uh, bring this divisional weekend home for his football team? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. All right. You want to explain on that? I mean, you want to uh, add on to that a little bit more? Or you want to just leave it at that? Because. If Devin Singletary, whether as a runner or receiver, makes plays, I mean, Josh Allen's not having to be Superman. He can mm-hmm. be, be a facilitator. Having a running game means you can keep Kansas City's offense off the field because this game could be attractive. Yeah. Buffalo's offense has been different the past three or four weeks because Devin Singletary has gotten involved. For the Bills to win Kansas City, he must be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that and that's been the biggest question mark with the Bills. It seems like the whole season is, is if they can get that running game going. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people had the Bills as as a Super Bowl favorite going into the season, and, and they looked a little shaky throughout the season, and I think that a big part of that was not being able to run the ball. I mean, you keep – you you explained it perfectly. I mean, you if you have a successful run game that keeps your offense on the field, that time of possession goes up, and uh, your drive your drive length goes up, and you keep the and you keep your uh, defense uh, refreshed on the sidelines and able to be able to go out and ball when it when it's their turn to go play. So I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, it, it's the only question is, I mean, yes, he can, yes, he can have a good game and he can control his running and, and be able to keep, keep that Buffalo offense on the field. But the only tricky thing I see about that is Kansas city. I mean, they don't need much time to score. I mean, you, you, you throw that ball deep to, to, uh, to Tyreek Hill, you throw it down the seam to, uh, to, to Travis Kelsey. I mean, the one dangerous thing about that Kansas city chiefs offense is I feel like, is I feel like they can score on from anywhere on the field. So yes, I mean, I do absolutely see your point that Devin Singletary, I mean, if he has a strong game that will significantly give the bills a better, better opportunity to win, but that Kansas city offense scares me, man. I mean, they could, they, they can go right down that field in no time. And and you give you give Patrick, I mean, say Devin Singletary has a big fourth quarter drive where he's running the clock down and he's running down and they and they go up four points with a minute to go. I still don't know if I'm counting counting Patrick Mahomes out of that situation. So I mean, it's just gonna be a great football game. I cannot wait. I we keep I keep saying it, but I just cannot wait for these two teams to go up against each other. You're only saying that because it's both of all Super Bowl teams. So one of us is going to be in the penthouse and the other one will be in the outhouse. Yeah. I mean, that definitely has something to do with it. But, I mean, the Tennessee Titans, Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, it's going to be a fun game too. I mean, I'm very excited to see if Derrick Henry um, is back to his old self. But it's it's not necessarily just about our Super Bowl teams. I mean, the AFC has pretty much been running through those two teams. I mean, even even though the Titans got the number one seed, I mean, 
you got to think when you think of the AFC, the Bills and the Chiefs are the two teams you're hoping to or you're wanting to see. So I kind of wish it was going to be the AFC championship game where these two teams met. But, um, you know, we'll have to take it in the uh, divisional round. As for me, man, one player I want to see in the uh, in this divisional round, as I just mentioned him, I want to see what what Derrick Henry brings to these Tennessee Titans, because it's 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 a question mark. I mean, Derrick Henry, we know, is superhuman. He's a beast when he's running that football. But I mean, he's been out. He's been off for a long time. And I mean, I know he's been getting back to practice, but it's nowhere near uh, coming back to a to a full speed football game. And not not only a full speed football game, but a full speed playoff game. I mean, can Derrick Henry control that that field or can Derrick Henry control that game and, and keep Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase, just like you were saying about uh, the Kansas City offense? I mean, can he keep Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase off the field? Because, you know, Ryan Tannehill, he's he, he's a guy. I don't know if he's just a guy or if he's a guy who can uh, who can lead that Tennessee Titans into uh, into a playoff victory. But uh you know, it's really going to come down, I think, on on how healthy Derrick Henry is and how how um, dominant he can be, because we know he can be dominant. It's just a matter of, you know, having that time off and getting right back into the swing of things. But I'm definitely excited to see Derrick Henry and see if he can uh, lead those Tennessee Titans past the very hot Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I mean, if Derrick Henry is himself, Tennessee Titans can win the whole thing. But if Derrick oh, yeah. is not himself, the Titans are in trouble. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's the best running back in the NFL. I don't even think it, it's not even really a question. He's one of the most dominating running backs we've seen since Bo Jackson, I want to say. I mean, it's just the, the amount of power and speed and just ferociousness is just it's fun to watch. And I can't wait to watch it this Saturday. Maybe he'll be doing some boot scooting, scooting boogie in a national team scene. <laughs> so we, uh, i mean we did pretty good with our super bowl pick so far i mean you had what you had who'd you oh, have it coming the rams against the bills and i had the chiefs against the packers so i mean we're, we're both are still alive you know we didn't really yeah. talk about well, the yeah packers. because one of your teams got the week off yeah well you know that's pick the one seed you know they're one seed for a reason whatever <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the 49ers, they, they got past the Dallas Cowboys, but that's a little bit different than going up against Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and co. So, Especially when the weather's going to be a little colder. Okay, make that a lot colder. I know, man. We I was talking about it, too. I mean, you know, the one thing I give the Packers credit for is getting that home field advantage because, I mean, San Francisco – not going to have to worry about weather there. Tampa Bay, you're not going to have to worry about weather there. LA Rams, you're not going to have to worry about weather there. But you get to play that, you get to run through that NFC at Lambeau Field. I don't know, man. I don't know if those San Francisco 49ers are ready for that one. What the heck is your parrot doing? <laughs> he's, I guess, I think he agrees with me. He's, uh, he's singing in agreement for me, but. Well, that was the craziest Super Wildcorn weekend I've ever seen. I mean, two five-touchdown performances, a crazy ending in Arlington, first Monday night playoff game. Yep. What else can happen? (laughs) 
what else can happen? That is the question, Dylan. And I guess we're about to find out this weekend because we've got some very fun football games this weekend. I, and, you know, I can't really quick. Can we just start a petition? Because I'll tell you what, if anyone was watching that Monday night football game last night, it was a bit of a snooze fest. But if you were watching Monday night football with Eli and Peyton, then you might have had a, a little bit more fun watching that game. I think we need to get Eli and Pey Peyton on a weekly. I got a cat on my computer. <laughs> I think we got to get Eli and Peyton there you go, buddy, on a, uh, a weekly, a weekly contract to call these NFL games, because you start getting these snooze fest Monday night football games. It immediately gets better when you see Eli and Peyton Manning talking to Dwayne, the rock Johnson and um, uh, Russell Wilson and, and, and everything. But uh, Maybe the Arizona Cardinals could have used Larry Fitzgerald's leadership on the field last time. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So thanks for hopping on, Alex. And we'll talk next week before Championship Sunday. All right, Dylan. Pleasure as always. You know, haven't made the playoffs, but I'm still going to give you a big fins up for next season. So uh, can't wait to talk next week after this great week of football.